Welcome to Refill Your Glass, the podcast that motivates, empowers, educates, and entertains, so you can replenish your mind and body. Hosted by yours truly, Amy Glass. Enjoy. Are actually limiting beliefs. So, and how they affect your life. So, limiting beliefs are a deeply ingrained neurological pathways, or aka your thoughts or perceptions that you that you hold about yourself, others, and your environment, and also your world around us. These ingrained beliefs can be formed at any point in life, but are often developed during childhood and adolescence. With some psychologists arguing that they are formed are all formed before before the age of seven. Some key periods and factors that contribute to the formation of your limiting beliefs are number one, childhood and adolescence experiences. Limiting beliefs can often stem from experiences you had during childhood, from interactions, uh, messages that you received or, or people talking to you, criticism, comparison from your parents, family, teachers, other children. Um, or from yourself, comparing yourself to social media images or TV and all that kind of stuff, other adults or authority figures. Any significant trauma trauma events that happened during childhood um, or such as abuse, neglect, bullying is quite significant. Um, A person that was severely bullied as a child, I know that definitely has had massive effects on my uh, ability and my self-worth and all that serious illness also um, something I had to experience as a child and continue to do so death of someone you love also experienced as a child um, and a pet or significant failures can lead to development of limiting beliefs these events or experiences can create a distorted perception of oneself and the world around you building neurological pathways and develop development of beliefs of unworthiness fear um, anxiety tends to come from from these experiences inability to succeed very negative self-talk all those things tend to um, build to stem from these neurological pathways from having these traumatic events happen during childhood the second one is culture and social influences so your limiting beliefs can be formed from social norms and cultures, expectations, societal messages, gender roles, and stereotypes. These limiting beliefs will shape what is possible or or acceptable um, for you to do in your life. And this is definitely prevalent in certain cultures. Um, So, for example, it was in, like, Iran and those those sort of uh, cultures where women are quite oppressed um, and they have to uh, hide, sort of hide themselves and not let have a voice. That is quite um, perceived in certain cultures. Um, you, yeah, it's a, definitely about that. Or just in any type of culture or family beliefs as well. You might come from a religious background. Um, this is very, very true for women in society or religion over the years um, have basically dictated what women can and can't do in recent times. There has been the focus on this concept called the witch wound. If you haven't heard um, that, the witch wound is a term used by certain feminist or spiritual uh, contexts 
to describe a collective trauma experienced by women throughout history. Um, it's perceived perception of women who were ex, um, it sort of stemmed, developed from the women who were uh, accused of witchcraft during the witch trials and in Europe and in colonial America. And the witch is suggest that the trauma and repression suffered by these women during these times has left a lasting impact on the collective psyche of women today. And it encompasses the suppression of feminine power, wisdom and intuitive abilities, as well as um, the location and demoralization of women who are deviant, who deviate from the societal norms, which we still see today. Like you, for example, if if um, a woman ha- is highly successful, she's labelled as a bitch. Um, if she's someone who speaks out, she's, um, you know, also labelled as a bitch or she has no idea what she's talking about and or, or women that are very uh, natural, spiritual sort of thing or they're, they're hippie or they're, they're, they're lunatics. Like there's, there's still those perceptions in society today, which is really sad, um, but it's you can often see it um, and... The witch wound is often seen as a met- metaphorical re- re- metaphorical representation of the historical and today's perception and ongoing struggle women f- are faced with, such as sexism, gender, inequality, the silencing of women's voices and experiences. So it's still felt today, and it's quite an interesting concept. Um, if you would like more to know more about that, that's something you can... Uh, Google yourself or I can provide you more information about it's definitely when you um, sit and think about that especially from countries um, that's still the where these witch trials happened the energy there can still be felt um, or places where women are still very oppressed you can feel that energy the different energies in in those societies and when those uh, certain cultures move into um, into areas that aren't that particular culture. You you see it, you notice it, especially in Australia. We are a country that, um, apart from the First Nations, we're a country of immigrants, and there are pockets throughout Australia that are where there all all that particular area is from a particular background, and they um, put that culture in that area and I'm not saying it's a bad thing I'm saying it's definitely great I'm having a multicultural background uh, like uh, being exposed to a multicultural background is fantastic but you can if you sort of sit back and look at it you can see how how different cultures behave and, and also how that has um, predicted how people live their lives so it's, it's it's very interesting to sit back and look when when we going through all these limited beliefs and you sit back and you can look at your family's beliefs and um, start diving into that when we go through the workbook and you'll kind of go, oh, well, um, a really good example, a friend of mine told me that, uh, and it's it's quite a comical one, but um, before this lady was putting uh, roast in the oven and she cut the end of the roast off and put it in, in the oven and um, one of the family members asked, well, why do you do that? And she said, oh, it's because my mother did that. And then they turned to the mother and the mother go, 
They go, well, why did you do that? And so she said, well, because my mother did that. And it went back a few generations and it went to the grandmother. And she said, the reason why we did that is because we had a lot smaller ovens. So things are passed down um, in families and, and cultures and stuff like that. And that can really form your beliefs and your limiting beliefs and that can form both good and bad beliefs. So that's something I wanted to talk or share as well. Uh, number three is show social conditioning. So your beliefs can be acquired through social conditioning where you adopt the beliefs of your so social background. So it's so similar to the culture, culture one, without um, critical examination. So this can happen through family, friends, religion, educational institutions, or the big problem we are facing now is social media influences. Um, for example, your family might have said to you when you were a child, good girls are quiet and do what they are told, um, leaving you believing that if you speak up for yourself, that's wrong. Um, you must do whatever you've been told to do. And even if you don't feel good about it, this, so that's something, something so innocent, like of good girls are quiet and do what they're told um, can leave you living your life in a particular way. So these, it's very powerful, these limiting, these belief structures and these neurological pathways that we form as a child and adolescence. So where are we? So the social media, it, it, social media is such a whole kettle of fish, different kettle of fish, because um, we're now, especially kids, uh, it's so readily available. So you can quickly look at something and you're constantly bombarded with that only you are beautiful if you're skinny and tall and have perfect skin and wear the right makeup and the clothes and if you have fake lashes and nails and you know you aren't perfect unless you're these things and all these filters that these these um, social media apps use it's it's quite demoralizing to uh, to young girls and saying that you have to be this and the the big rise of cosmetic surgeries in the last few years it's it's quite um when you sit back and look at it you go oh that sometimes you uh, ease i'm not saying people are easily well, most people are easily influenced but there was um when i was studying psychology or forensic psychology at uni there was a fantastic example of an experiment that was done uh i think it was done in the 60s and or 70s and it was basically they simulated um students um uh, like a prison and simulated ones that were inmates and ones that were prison guards and within uh, 24 hours how people's personalities completely changed because they were assimilated into that role and you know people that came who were criminals actually felt that they had done something wrong that they were criminal that they were outcasts from society by the end because I think it was about a week a week um, experiment and how much the perceptions and beliefs and personality behaviors changed from this experiment because they were put into different roles so it is quite significant that these um, how these form and how these uh, allow you to behave and what how you react and all these things so they um, are massive contributors to your self-talk and uh, your inner critic and your ego 
and um, your conscious and subconscious, which is your conscious is your ego and your subconscious is um, uh, your true self to a point. Um, it's very, it's extremely, extremely interesting. So we kind of have like a background now of what limiting beliefs are. So you have sort of an idea of what they are. Um, so let's let's start identifying your beliefs. So the following will be in your workbook, but I'm going to go through it with you so you kind of understand what I'm doing because I don't want you to go, ah, workbook, I don't know what I'm doing, I don't know what I'm meant to be doing. Um, so I just wanted to go over with you So and explain what you need to do. So we're going to identify your limiting beliefs. So I want you, and this is this says it in the workbook as well, but I just wanted to go through it with you. So think about the following questions and write whatever comes to mind. Go deep. Get it all out. It's better out than in. Whatever comes to mind, don't overthink it because what when you overthink, you tend to analyze what you're thinking and write down what you believe you should be writing down. Um, this is easily seen in um, psychology tests, and people will write what they believe, especially when they're done for employers. They'll write what they think the employer wants, not what they um, what what they actually truly feel. So write whatever comes to mind. You might need to do this a couple of times too or um, do a couple of questions, come back to it, do it once and then leave it for a week, do it again, see if see if it changes and and that. So it's, it's very, these aren't going to be, it's not going to be easy. Um, I'll give you a fair warning about that, but that's the point. We need to dive in deep and figure out what those limiting beliefs are because those ones will contribute to the next module, which is about negative self-talk and how to reduce it because these are all intertwined. Your limiting beliefs basically dictate your self-talk. So this is it's very important. So come back to it, do it a couple of times, get your partner to do it. All these things um, are really good. So like I said, do the following questions. Really whatever comes from whatever pops up, write it down. And it does have to make full sentences. Just write whatever comes up. So the first question is, what are you really afraid of when it comes to your life? So like what, what scares you? And it can be like something like, oh, dogs scare me or um, any, uh, for example, for me, because uh, I have my um, Emory Dreyfus muscular dystrophy, it's a degenerative con condition for me, um, ending up in a wheelchair and not being able to um, look after myself is a massive fear of mine. So that has dictated my limiting beliefs in that I'm unworthy and don't deserve people to be in my life. Like I don't deserve my amazing husband. He's like, he's better off without me. That's what I'm talking about. It can be just a general fears and you're not successful. You feel like you, um, you haven't achieved anything in your life, all those sorts of things. What, what are you really afraid of? And dive in deep and, like, like I said, whatever comes up, just write it down. The second question is, what is holding me back from having a happier, healthier, more abundant life? Now, you can break each one up, what's holding me back from being happier, what's holding me back from being healthier, what's holding me back from being abundant, or you can keep it together, however you want to do it. Like I said, there's no right and wrong. This is for you and you only. I don't see it. We can discuss it um, in your one-on-one -on -one call, but this is just for you and for you to start. Um, sometimes when you write things down, 
and you just let it out and let it flow, you can start identifying things that you didn't think um, were there. So it's really important to write whatever comes up. The next one is what is my excuses about why I'm not allowed to have happiness, health, or abundance in my life? Like I said, you can break these down into the happiness, health, and abundance. But what are your excuses and why you're not allowed to have them? So that will definitely show to you um, if you've got a family background that says that rich people are bad people, um, people with money are, are bad, bad people. That can be you might have financial, a lot of financial problems or um, people who, for example, um, oh, what's another one? That eat meat are bad people or people who um, drive a certain car. Like just it's amazing what you what perceptions you have and, and beliefs you have. And when you start breaking it down, you'll you'll discover what's there. Um, the second, uh, what are we? A fourth question: What keeps me awake at night or worrying? So, what what keeps you awake at night, or just what do you worry about the most? Um, for me, I had a for a long time. I and I still do worry about. Of course, I'm going to worry about my husband, but um, and my and my fur children. Uh, but the worst has happened my son passed away and it's horrible and but I was so fearful of that um and then it happened and yeah so you need to write down it could be that you don't have enough money to pay for the bills or you um you're worried that you're going to end up like if you've had a um alcoholism in your family or addiction or anything like that you end up worrying about that sort of thing for example um for me um i had a my aunt passed away but she um we have very similar careers we're both in the police force and um both couldn't have children and uh she started she hurt her back and she started getting addicted to painkillers and Eventually, that um, led to her death, and um, and that was a really big worry of me because I I knew like because of my condition I have a lot of pain and I knew I used to take a lot of pain medication. I used to self medicate through alcohol as a as a teenager, as a young adult, teenager and young adult. And now I don't drink and I don't take painkillers unless I absolutely absolutely have to because I don't want to be a person that is addicted to painkillers or addicted to alcohol or anything like that because I know it would be an easy way to block out the pain and all that kind of sort of stuff because I know I have that particular personality that could get addicted to that kind of thing. So I've identified that um, and and that helps me, but I worried about that for a long period of time to end up like that addicted to pain medication and stuff like that so um if you ever talk to me about pain medication you'll understand that i'm really against it uh but the next question is what's the worst thing that could happen if i don't change my life or habits and get specific about this so what is currently not working for you what do you what do you feel is not making you happy and healthy 
and abundant in your life at the moment and and say what will happen if you don't change because this will this will identify your why this will help you keep you going when when things get tough and it will get tough like personal development's not easy changing your mindset is not easy it's not for the faint-hearted and it's ongoing but it is amazing when you do it coming from someone who is a massive self-hater a recovering self-hater and once I started changing my mindset, I've done all this stuff. The, the modules, this program, I've done all this and I've done it even to an intenser level with qualified professionals and it has changed. I've had massive opportunities open up to me. My health's better. I am getting, I am working on my mindset. I am clearing the path. I'm getting the neurological pathways. I'm remapping my brain to believe in myself, to love myself and all these things. And it it's not easy to do to reverse stored trauma and reverse those neurological pathways. But when you do, it is absolutely incredible how things start changing in your life. It really is transformational, hence why the name is called Transformational Mindset Program because you're literally transforming your brain and rewiring it. It's really cool. So the next part is what will derail you or stop you from achieving your goals and dreams? So we're going to go through what do I think, what do I do, what do I think I have to give up to be happier, healthier, abundant, um, to live the life of my dreams? These are each question so you can go into those in quite great detail. And then the next one, which is the following mindset blocks, which one of the following mindset blocks? blocks resonates with you you read them and if they all resonate with you write it down if only a couple do or if there's something that you can't you can kind of pick and pick apart and make your own um, these are just prompts to start start going to explore them so the next part is exploring those mindset blocks and write whatever comes to your mind remember there is no right and wrong answer just answer and if you want to go through all six because there's six of them um Go through all six and do all that. Um, and then the next part is why not me? So do the following exercise, uh, do the following ex, uh, excuses resonate with you? Listen to your own responses when you say these statements and write whatever comes to mind. So you go through these statements. There is 15 of them. And these are all ones um, that's, that I used to say to myself when I had the limiting beliefs around. So, and ones that are research backed and all those sorts of stuff. So they're quite common ones, but so if they're common ones, they're most likely going to be one or two of them is going to be resonate with you and you can go through them. So which ones spoke to you the most and write those responses down. This will reveal your valuable information about your mindset blocks and issues with limiting beliefs. And then next part is pick two or three and go, one layer deeper, ask yourself, why am I not worthy or I don't deserve the life of my dreams? So write your responses and kind of go a little bit deeper with it. And then ask yourself the following questions. Is it is it true? Is it just a story I've made, I made up? Is it a story I've been told? So there's that's quite different too. So it might be a story that your parents or society have told you, a cultural background has told you, or anything like that that's why we went through the limiting beliefs at the start the influences and stuff 
And then the final part of your workbook, I think, yep, it is the final part of your workbook, is visualizing yourself in your dream life. So this is when you need to start thinking about what you really want, and this will help. So stand in front of the mirror, and I want you to say to yourself, this is what a happy woman looks like. And write what comes up when what pops in your head when you say that to yourself. So these are exercises that you need to do in your in the mirror. Um, or if you want, you can do it with your phone, record yourself, and just whatever popped up in your mind because that's your limiting beliefs, that's the negative self-talk coming up to start to chat, and that will help. So you go through each of them and don't don't be like don't be afraid about the little voice that needs to back because this is giving you an insight into your beliefs and what needs to change. It is very that's a very, very powerful exercise. So you can do it a few times. Um, I would actually encourage you to do it a few times and just it might change. Just do it for a couple of weeks and see what each time you do it, two different things pop up. It would be very interesting to note um, and be very insightful to see what your limiting beliefs are. And then you ask it, why can't I be? And write whatever comes up. So, like, again, we're, we're really getting into the nitty-gritty of those limiting beliefs and finding it out. Hope today's episode has provided you with some valuable information to empower you to take charge of your mindset, health, and well-being. Remember to subscribe, and if you have any questions or feedback, 